Hi, I'm Mary Colbert. And I'm Don Colbert. And this is the Divine Health Podcast with Dr. Colbert. This is going to be probably one of the best podcasts you've ever listened to. I'm excited. I was just talking with our producer here, and she was letting me know that we are reaching over 100 countries with our podcast. Wow, I just thought this was U.S. I'm in shock. I didn't know that. I know. I had to remind you, for God so loved the world. Well, all my stats were based on the U.S. and not the world. I know. It's like, you know what? (laughs) Uh, He didn't, God so loved the U.S. that he gave his son. It was God so loved the world. Amen. So I'm excited to know that we are reaching you around the world with this good news of what you can do because... Healthcare and health is a very important thing, not just to humanity, but, you know, it is God's most important thing to you. He says, I wish above all things, all things. I want you to think about that. This is 1 John 3. When you come into our medical office, we have it on the wall in letters printed because God really impressed in us that this is the single most important thing that concerns him. And he believes that, I mean, his belief for you is he says, I wish above all things, not some things, all things, that you prosper. And this means for everybody. He wants everybody to prosper who love him and be in good health. Why? Because God desires for you to live long and strong. That This is his will. He's not a child abuser. God isn't looking to teach you a lesson by making you sick, hurt, injured. The thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But he says, but I have come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. So your health matters. But what this is interesting, though, as your soul, as your soul, he says, prospers. Now, this is, now what is the soul part of a man, a woman? It's your mind. Your will will and your emotions. emotions. That is the soulish part of you. Now, if you're not addressing those three areas, it actually can make the body sick. Oh, absolutely. So you can't, you can't, we are such an amazing creature in how God has created us. But the mind, will, and emotion is a very, very important part of you. That's why it has to be renewed according to Romans 12, 1 and 2. But that scripture is actually 3 John chapter 1. There's only one chapter, right. verse, verse 2. Beloved, I wish above all things that thou mayest prosper and be in health, even as thy soul prosper. So we want to address something today that I'm very excited. I want you to listen to me on this. Don's going to be talking, but I'm going to be probably talking a lot more, too. That's this, great. This sure. Thing. Okay. It's Amazing. an article. Yeah. It's a brand new article that just came out, and it's from a magazine that's a, a reputable magazine that studies on health called Briefing, B-R-I-E-F-I-N-G magazine. So for those of you who want to go in and Google Google it and look for it. You can do that and get a hold of it. But it's news. This is their 11th publication. And this is what the title is, The Pursuit of Longer Life. How long can human beings live? What's a matter? That's a matter of debate. But some scientists believe Now you're going to hear me right. Now, listen to me. Some scientists, this is a science magazine, okay? believe that 125 or even 150 is possible. 
That is the title of this article. Now, what's interesting is that the scripture says that three score and ten was the second of God's will. So he was like committed to get people to 70. So if you live to 70, you reach the second will of God. But the first will of God is, he says, a man's day shall be 120. That's what he told Noah. That was what he promised Noah. And he gave that promise to Noah. A man's day shall be 120. And so we know now that you are supposed to live to be 120 originally. That is God's original plan. So I know some of you go, oh, man, I don't want to live to be 120. That's because you have an image of someone being 120, decrepit, uh, worn out, in a wheelchair, you can't walk. And so I understand if that's the image, who wants to live? That's not living, that's existing. But if you are strong, your body's strong, your mind is strong, and you're physically strong, God wants you to live to 120. And I'm going to tell you the main reason, so that you can preserve the gospel, so that you can share with your children, your grandchildren, your great-grandchildren, your great-great-great-grandchildren, the gospel of Jesus Christ, and that you are able to preserve the truths that he has shown you through the years and share them with your children. I just want to tell you something. If you don't teach your children and your grandchildren to hear the voice of God and recognize it, you have failed. You may have taught them to be successful financially or smart or good in sports or gymnastics or you may have passed on a lot of good natural things for people uh, to survive in this life. But I'm going to tell you the single most important thing that you need to pass on is the ability to hear and recognize the voice of God. And when you do that for your children and your great-grandchildren and your children's children, (laughs) then you have succeeded in the number one thing. So I believe God wants you and I, Don, to live as long as we possibly can so that we can pass on the truths that the gospel has shown us and we have grown and learned to make sure it's preserved. So now we're going to talk about... Well, tell about, about Otis Clark, because Otis Clark was a friend of ours. He lived to be 108. Right. And, just, and, he, and literally, he would preach every weekend at 108, and he just, after one service, he was just sitting in the, the green room and just fell asleep, and he went to be with the Lord between services. <laughs> I know. So Just amazing. This article is saying, the scientist says they believe that 125 and 150 is possible to live strong and long with good mental faculties, holding on to your memory. Okay, okay so now listen. Listen to me in this article. This is what's really cool. I know that this is Dr. Colbert's podcast, but right now it's Mary Colbert. That's all right. Go ahead. This is good. It says eliminating zombie cells. This is the huge article in it. Eliminating zombie cells, they well, called them. Well, let's talk about these zombie cells. These are senescent cells. As we age, we accumulate these cells that are like sucker branches on a tree that saps your energy, your life energy. That's exactly right. It says that the many, many researchers are being are betting that the first anti-aging breakthrough will come in therapies that rid the body of damaged cells. As we age, we accumulate these 
cells that stop functioning properly but still linger in the body. So these damaged cells are staying in your body, and the first breakthrough in, in longevity is learning to get rid of them, right. how to get them out. And it's so interesting Damn, how certain so nutrients really help yes. rid the body of these senescent or these zombie cells, which is very exciting. But Let's tell them. About. But first of all, what was fascinating about this article back in 1995, they found that approximately 95,000 people had or, or lived to be over 100. Fast forward to 2015, and they said that 2015, 450,000 people lived to be over 100. Now they're projecting by 2050 that 3.7 million will live to be over 100 years of age. And the reason is because of they are learning things and supplements and dietary things that enable us to live longer. Now, one of the things... And getting rid of these zombie cells is a major thing. Okay, guess what, guys? This is so exciting. Because we've been taking this for well over, for years, really. One of the things that helps your body rid your body of these zombie cells is apples. Apples. And why? Because an apple a day keeps the doctor away because it's high in quercetin. The quercetin removes your damaged cells. And this is in our our healthy sinus formula. This article talks about them doing the study with these rats and mice. And there were three things they made sure they got was the apples, the grapes, and strawberries. And the difference in the longevity of the mice absolutely astounded the scientists. They could not believe how strong and long these mice live by ingesting and making sure that these three uh, things were in their diet. Strawberries, grapes, and apples. And that they found from their studies, as they did their studies with these mice, is that this removes the zombie cells. It eliminates the damaged cells from your body. Yeah, now let's just talk about quercetin. Yeah. Uh, quercetin is just a, a flavonoid. It's found, like she said, in apples and grapes and strawberries. Also onions. Onions are high in quercetin and some other fruits and veggies. And this is the key ingredient that helps to rid the body of these senescent or zombie cells. And so keeping this level high, now again, I understand eating a lot of apples, you got to have a good dose of this quercetin. And apple a day will contain, I'm not sure exactly how much quercetin we actually need to find out, but we find that if you take about 250 to 500 milligrams twice a day, that's the sweet spot for most people. Now, it just so happens our healthy sinus formula, which we've been on for years, and I haven't been taking it. I take it pretty much every day, but I usually take two. But after reading this article, I'm going to take two twice a day. But, Don, but our greens and our reds. They have it, too. You're listen, right. our greens and reds is the most powerful thing that people can take every day, a scoop of each. You're gonna. We have the green apples in the green. We have the fruits you know, in the reds, the strawberries and the grapes. Right. And I'm telling you, a scoop of each of these every day is going to help people eliminate these zombie cells. Also, I mean, it's going to also, give them such good health. Well, in our immune formula, we have uh, 250 milligrams of quercetin and take one twice a day. And it, along with along our greens with vitamin, and reds. Along with the vitamin D3 and along with the vitamin C. And it has the quercetin. And, it, you know, those are the key things that we need, again, to keep our immune system strong. 
I am so excited about this study and what's come out because God has already given us answers and now we're getting the science to prove some of the things that is going to help people naturally extend their life. Now, one of the silent killers, Don, that people do not realize that can shorten your life is sleep apnea. Yes, and this is what I see every day. And you say, when people come to see me, I do a thorough physical exam on them. And one of the things I really notice, I do a, a good oral exam, and so many patients, I see literally their soft palate sagging. And then I ask them, I asked I ask them, but I asked their spouse, I said, first I asked them, do you wake up with a dry mouth? And I asked the spouse, do you notice they stop breathing and then they gasp for air? And they say, yes, how did you know? I say, because I can see the palate sagging, so I send them over for a sleep apnea test, which is a simple little test. You can actually do them now at home, which is pretty fascinating. You can do the home uh, sleep study, and that's thanks to COVID, most everything went, you know, with home testing, but you can do uh, the, the sleep study at home, and, and you can determine if you do have sleep apnea. But let's just describe what sleep apnea does. Because no, most people don't realize that approximately 26% of adults have obstructive sleep apnea. And especially those people that are uh, older. As we get older, we increase our risk of sleep apnea. And as our neck gets larger, we increase our risk of sleep apnea. Man, if your neck is 17 inches or greater, you stand a greater risk of sleep apnea. Women, if your neck is 16 inches or greater, your risk of sleep apnea is greater. Now, what is sleep apnea? First, it's a sleeping disorder that can lead to serious health problems such as high blood pressure, heart trouble, arrhythmias like atrial fibrillation, ventricular fib, also severe fatigue. And untreated sleep apnea causes breathing to stop repeatedly during the sleep. It usually causes real loud snoring, like you know the people that can rattle the windows, and extreme daytime fatigue, even with a full night's sleep. These people are never recharged because they're usually waking up a hundred times or hundreds of times a night because their body's having to breathe. Their body is waking up, their own system's waking up in order to get them to take that deep breath. It can affect anyone, even children. 1% of children have it, but especially in older men who are obese. If you're obese, then you have a much greater chance of having sleep apnea. Now, it also triggers, like I said, high blood pressure. So many people with high blood pressure, they have untreated sleep apnea, obstructive sleep apnea. Or they can lead to heart failure, congestive heart failure, where you get swelling in your feet and ankles, pulmonary edema. It can lead to diabetes, heart attack, atrial fibrillation. The biggest thing are the symptoms that are missed. And I am shocked at how many people, their primary care doctors missed it, their cardiologist has missed it. They've been treating them with high blood pressure for years. They've been treating them with atrial fibrillation for years, but no one has checked them for sleep apnea. And so here's the symptoms that people have. Number one, snoring. Not just snoring, but loud snoring. Now, uh, also daytime sleepiness or fatigue, but also they have a restlessness during their sleep where they just don't sleep good. They get that dry mouth or sore throat when they wake up. They have problems with forgetfulness, problems concentrating. They're irritable. They're grumpy. And you say, oh, they got low T or low testosterone, but many of these patients have sleep apnea. 
Many of them have depression or anxiety. Many get night sweats, frequent nighttime urination. They get headaches, headaches, headaches. This is a major thing with headache with uh, patients with sleep apnea. So many get these tension headaches and because they're just not sleeping good. And then sexual dysfunction. So many men get ED, and it's, it's that sleep apnea. So again, uh, it's so easy to diagnose, but other triggers of this are having large tonsils or a large tongue. Also a family history of sleep apnea. Also having allergy and sinus problems. Now this was my problem. I have a deviated septum, and I used to love cheese. And I, I used to love this uh, sharp cheddar cheese, and I'd get a little slice at night. And then I started having problems where I could not breathe through my nose. And when this would happen, I would snore and my, wake up. And then my wife said, oh, you stopped breathing. And then you, you would gasp for air. And this is one thing I've seen in so many patients. They are dairy lovers. And I used to be a cheese lover. And I used to eat my Caesar salad with that Parmesan on it. And then I'd be snoring at night. So what happened is I simply laid the cheese on the altar as well as other dairy products including yogurt, no, no casein A2 milk, skim milk at night, none. My snoring went away. The, you know, I started breathing normally. My dry mouth went away. I used to wake up with a dry mouth. I thought, oh, I'm dehydrated. No, I was having to breathe through my mouth, but I couldn't get the air in. And so I literally had a degree of sleep apnea. And I was wondering why I was so bone tired. These people are bone tired during the day. It's not just a tiredness. It is a fatigue that is worse than fatigue. I call it bone tiredness. If that's you, please get checked for sleep apnea because that's what I had. I had the bone tiredness, and that is the key that I, I hear. But when I gave up the dairy, I started using a little bit of the nasal cord at night. It keeps, uh, and I do still have the nasal septal deviation, but I stopped snoring. I started sleeping soundly. My energy returned. Everything returned, and it turned it off. And I think one thing that's a good, good advice for people as well, especially if you're in the winter months and you have the heater on, oh, you guys need to go get you and invest in a humidifier. Yes. You yes. need a humidifier. It also protects you against COVID. And Get that humidifier, and, especially if you're running the heater. Right, and it's while you're sleeping. You don't need it if you're up and about. Right. But while you're sleeping, you need a humidifier running in your bedroom every night. So go invest in a humidifier, extend your life, keeps your throat from getting dry and keeps it moist and keeps your lungs moist. And it's also now they found as a huge deterrent from getting COVID pneumonia. So everybody, I am like a big proponent now of the humidifiers for people as they go into the winter months running the heater. Now, also, if you have severe nasal septal deviation, and most doctors never look inside your nose, but every patient I see, I look inside their nose, and I'm shocked how many people have nasal septal deviation where that nasal septum's pushed over to one side. And I say, oh, you can breathe really good through this nostril, but I notice you can't breathe well. And they say, how do you know? I say, because your nasal septum's pushed over to the left or the right. And they say, my goodness, my doctor's never told me that. But if it's severe, you can't breathe through it, and it can literally trigger sleep apnea. So there's a new procedure the ENTs are doing. It's called a balloon septoplasty, where they put this little balloon up in the nose in the office, and they just it, they pump it up, and it just moves the septum back in its place. Real simple. 
And a lot of people, if your septum's moved over, if you can't breathe through one nostril, find an ENT that knows how to do that new balloon septoplasty procedure in the office, and it's amazing how that now, helps. Now, people that have had their tonsils and adenoids removed, yeah. does that yes. help them? For some, people with large tonsils, large adenoids, absolutely it can trigger sleep apnea. And this is a common cause in children. And so many children have uh, sleep apnea, but their symptoms are totally different than adults. These kids, many times, they're really tired. And so many of us think, oh, they're, you know, they get poor school performance because they're just so sluggish and sleepy, and they misinterpret it as lazy. No, these kids, 1% of kids have sleep that apnea. That is unreal. And they miss it. And these kids, uh, the way you can tell, they breathe through their mouth, and they sometimes have problems swallowing. They also, when they inhale, they have an inward movement of the rib cage. And what's so weird is they have an unusual sleep position. Wait, wait a minute. Hold on. They have an inward movement of the rib cage. Yeah, what is it like yeah, exactly? when they, yeah, what happens, they, you can actually see the ribs when they inhale. You can see their kind of, uh, their ribs retract a little bit when they inhale. Hmm. But one of the key things, they usually have these unusual sleep positions so they can get air in their lungs, they, such as they'll sleep many times on the hands and knees or with the neck hyperextended so they can get air in. Also, a lot of these kids have a lot of excessive sweating at night. So if your child is sweating a lot at night, usually they have those large tonsils, large adenoids, and they have sleep apnea blocking their breathing passages. Many will have bedwetting, uh, but a lot of these kids have learning problems, attention deficit uh, disorder, uh, you know, hyperactivity. But uh, the biggest thing is these kids are sleepy in school. They're falling asleep. And so many people say, oh, they're just lazy. No, these kids have sleep apnea. Now, how do we diagnose it? It's so easy now to diagnose. And thanks to the COVID, we've gotten away from having to go into the sleep lab and do all these studies. Now you can just do these home sleep tests. And so it's really good, and it's, it's really helped tremendously with our ability to diagnose and treat these patients. And it's just called a home sleep test, or HST. Before, we'd have to go to a sleep lab and do this polysomnogram test, and they hook you up to all these things and bells and whistles, and, and it's hard to sleep, you know, anyway in a sleep lab. But now you can just do a home sleep test. And what it does, it records just a few body functions, including your airflow, your breathing effort, your blood oxygen levels, and snoring. And it's a simple little test that most people can do so you don't have to go to the crazy sleep lab and listen to all their bells and whistles going off all night long. So, but again, it's easy to fix. The best way to fix sleep apnea, folks, is just lose about, you know, 10% of your body weight, which is usually about 20 to 25 pounds. When you do that, that pallet just lifts right up for so many people and it helps tremendously. Now, if you have mild sleep apnea, all you need is generally one of those um, mandibular appliances, and there's these simple jaw advancement dental appliances. You can get them from your dentist, or you can get them online. There's all kinds, and let's see, I can pull it up. I have it on now, my phone. Now, sleep apnea, Don, is also associated with memory loss because oh my goodness, yes. when, you are, when you are deprived of oxygen while you're sleeping, it's actually uh, depriving your brain from oxygen. So these people will start suffering from memory loss. So if you're someone, you're in your 50s, 60s, and you're just noticing that 
you know, your memory's just not as sharp, you might get yourself tested with sleep apnea because that may be all that's going on. Mary, every patient with memory loss, especially early dementia, I get a sleep study on them, and I'm amazed. I would say over 50% of these patients have obstructive sleep apnea. And that is a big cause of shortening your life, folks, and that is something that is easily corrected. This is something that can be easily corrected. Now, as you age, your skin sags. Well, that skin in the back of your throat is going to sag. And your tongue. And, your tongue. and especially if you have alcohol. Now, this is a big trigger for sleep apnea. For you guys that drink that little glass of wine or that beer at night, you are going to be more prone for sleep wow. apnea. Lay the alcohol on the altar. It is triggering a bunch of obstructive sleep apnea. And so, again... I tell my patients, get off that alcohol. Your memory's going to be getting worse, um, especially from the sleep apnea it's triggering at night. If you do have a little alcohol, have it early in the evening, but don't drive. We don't recommend alcohol. And remember, I'm going to be, uh, my book next year, this coming year, is The Brain Zone. We're talking about what to do to reverse memory loss. And, and one of the big, big things is correcting, <laughs> correcting sleep apnea is one of the yeah, major things. it's amazing. And, you know, we were reading this article, and, the studies on sleep apnea, and they said about how many millions of people worldwide, 100 million people worldwide, is estimated to suffer from sleep apnea. That is unbelievable. That is a lot of people. Absolutely, absolutely is. And again, the most common symptom I hear is severe snoring and that dry mouth and that daytime drowsiness and uh, the, the, the memory loss. The big thing is the and memory so, loss. Folks, you have to understand, sleep apnea, let's talk about this just one more minute, if you would. The importance of this is so huge because you hear about people dying in their sleep from like a heart attack. Do you know, is sleep apnea uh, cutting off oxygen to the heart? And that is why they die. So that's why they have a heart attack in the middle of their sleep while they're sleeping is because they have deprived the heart of oxygen. So this is not something you want to just uh, ignore. This is something you really want to address because it could be a real silent killer. Right, like the great football player Reggie White, and I met Reggie years ago at a book, uh, at a book convention, but he was a, one of the greatest type, uh, defensive ends of all time. He had a huge neck. I have never seen a man with a neck that big and muscular. <laughs> But he died young of sleep apnea, and he was in amazing physical condition. This was a mountain of a man. I couldn't believe how big he was. What about CPAPs? Yeah, and that's what I wanted to talk. This is something that helps so many people is, is the CPAP device. It's positive airway pressure, and that's the preferred treatment, especially for those with moderate to severe sleep apnea. And what it does, the, the best is the continuous positive airway pressure. And what it is is patients wear a mask over the nose and mouth. And you know, there's people and, who hate that. Oh, they hate it, but it, it, the air blower gently forces air through the nose and mouth. Now, some people can use the nasal pillows, which my brother uses, because it's much more convenient and, and much, eas- much more comfortable, easily tolerated. But uh, again, I just keep telling these people, if they'll lose just 10% of their body weight, if they weigh 250, they need to lose 25 pounds. If they're, 100, if they're 200, lose 20 pounds. It's amazing how losing 10% of the body weight many times relieves it and takes severe to moderate sleep apnea to mild sleep apnea. And many times all they need is one of these mandibular advancement devices such as Pure Sleep Mouth Guard, which you can get online. Mm-hmm. 
you know, uh, Amazon or wherever. And it, you just, it's a little mouth device, dental device you put in. And again, I have nothing uh, with this company, but it just helps a lot of my patients who snore and have just mild sleep apnea. It's incredible, but losing weight is the key. And the best way to lose weight, I tell people, is my new Beyond Keto Diet, which is the Mediterranean Keto yeah, Diet. It's easy, and it's a lifestyle. It's not really a diet. It's a it's lifestyle. A lifestyle. It'll, keep, it'll get your weight off, and it'll keep this it off. This is probably one of the best books Don's ever written, and you will totally love and enjoy this. It's so full of new information, and just you got to get this book. you got to get it. It's on our website, and you can order it now, and you can pre-order it depending on when you listen to this podcast. It may already be out. Now, Mary, i got to talk about the three key foods that literally will set you up for sleep apnea when you eat these at night. Number one, we talked about dairy, especially cheese. That's probably the worst, and that's what was doing it to me is clogging my nose up. I couldn't breathe through my nose. Number two is fatty meats, that steak, burger, pork, bacon, sausage, lamb. Eating too much, uh, especially saturated fat at night, uh, will ca- is a big risk factor for sleep apnea. These people that eat a lot of meat, a lot of ham, a lot of sausage, they get big on necks. You know, they, you know how a hog is big and has a big neck? They start to take on the appearance of a hog with a big belly and a big neck. And you can tell they eat lots of saturated fats. That is going to set you up for sleep apnea. Number two are bananas. Bananas. We find bananas. People are eating bananas at night because it literally helps fill them up. But when you eat a banana at night, it increases mucus production in your mouth wow. and throat. That sets you up for sleep I've never apnea. Heard that. And so the best thing to eat at night is nuts. I get a, We have a big old bag of pecans that we keep in our fridge, not the salted ones. The regular pecans. I ate a big old handful of pecans. I'm, I chomp on those every it's got night. Magnesium too, which is good. Exactly. Magnesium Mm -hmm. and zinc, they help you sleep at night. They help reduce sleep apnea. Also, almonds. Just get the almonds that are not salted. Now, again, if you don't have blood pressure problems, you can get the salt one. That's okay. Also, you can have any nut. They say, what about peanuts? Well, peanuts are not a nut. It's best to avoid peanuts or minimize because more people, so many people are sensitive or allergic to peanuts and they have mold. But the other nuts are great. Whatever nuts you like, have a handful of nuts. When you do that, you're going to be sleeping better. You're not going to be waking up with low blood sugar. And that good magnesium is going and to help reduce the risk. So good. Walnuts are great, wonderful for great, you. Great Macadamia nuts. nuts, absolutely. The one you have to be careful with, are, um, again, the ones that have mold or like pistachios, some people get sensitized. But if you don't have any problems with that, that's fine. Those are also good nuts for some. And Brazil nuts, they're high in selenium. So you only have one or two Brazil nuts. Don't be eating them by the handful. But also foods that are rich in melatonin, you know, like your veggies at night, your broccoli, your asparagus, your cucumbers, your salads, things like that, as well as foods high in tryptophan, like turkey, 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 having a slice of turkey at bedtime, or chicken, or fish, or nuts. Those are great uh, at night. Or even uh, some beans. You can have beans as long as your gut's okay and you don't get gas, but not baked beans, that's sugar. And so those are simple things we can do, to, foods we can eat at night that'll help us sleep and that will help prevent sleep apnea or minimize sleep apnea. But the big thing is you got to lose the weight. The weight is the key. The palate is sagging. It's like a curtain coming down. And so, again, if you don't lose the weight, you're a setup for sleep apnea. 
I'm, this now, is such good information. I hope you can listen to this and replay it over and over again. And you want to make sure you go to our website, drcolbert.com, and get a hold of our greens and our reds to extend your health. Also, your our immune our immune formula immune. has that quercetin in it and all the nutrients to help your immune system. And our a sinus formula also is great for the sinus. It also has that quercetin, which is really good for longevity. But the last thing are your pillow types. There's a bunch of good pillows. We love Mike Lindell. His, his My Pillow is excellent. There's also pillows for sleep apnea that help tremendously. The biggest thing, guys, women, do not sleep on your back. For over 30 years, I've been helping my patients by just saying, if you sleep on the back, you're going to snore more and your sleep apnea will be worse. Turn on your, on your side or on your belly. That's the you best. You need to learn to be a side sleeper. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. And if you're a side sleeper, you're going to get a, need to get another pillow that will support your neck. So you may have to have a wedge pillow, and it has a, a gentle slope, a, a slope design, which elevates your neck during sleep. For you side sleepers, you may need a cervical pillow, which is really good for those type patients. And there's CPAP pillows for patients who wear a CPAP. So again, the pillow is important. We love Mike Lindell and his My Pillow too. But again, the sleeping position is important. Be a side sleeper. Used to, I would have the wives of the husbands with sleep apnea sew pockets in a T-shirt in the back of the shirt and put little tiny plastic balls so that they couldn't lay on their back. It'd make them roll over on their side or on their tummy. You can actually buy these T-shirts now on Amazon oh, that good. have a pocket for the little ball to go in. They actually oh, have those Oh, that's great. Those are perfect. Already... So, so look at that. We did that 30 years ago, and it helped so many people with sleep apnea until they could lose their mm-hmm. weight. But the big thing, crucify your flesh. Lay the sugar on the altar, the dairy on the altar, the sleep apnea foods on the altar, especially those, I call those saturated fat, bacon, sausage, ham, all of that, as as well as the bananas. We don't realize those bananas are creating mucus. Mm -hmm. That's a mucus food that's creating mucus and setting you up for sleep apnea. Well, this this is some powerful advice for you so that you can live long, and not just live long, but live long and strong, because that is God's desire for you, and that's our prayer for you, and I pray that this brings great divine health to those that are listening. And be sure and share this podcast with your friends and family and tell them about it. Don't be a dead seed. Don't be someone who takes it all in and you don't give it out. God wants you to be a giver-outer. So, That's good, a giver-outer. Yeah, That's so good. be sure to share our podcast with others and the good news. And Third John 1-2 says, Beloved, I wish above all, all things that you prosper and be in health, even as your soul prospers. And we wish the same for you. God bless you. Until next time, we'll see you.